Good morning. It's Sunday the 14th of June and today I'm going to talk from Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 to 6, uh, the beautiful attitudes. I'm trying to learn all the time how to do this recording better and the other day I read that I should approach it as if I was speaking just to one person. It's just as well because I only think one person actually watches or listens to the recordings. Although the other week I had over a hundred likes on Facebook and one of them was my oldest son. I was so pleased I rang him and asked if he enjoyed the talk. Uh, he said, I haven't actually listened to it, but I pressed like just to encourage you. And speaking of one, some well-meaning official has come up with a, a not very well thought out plan to reopen churches. One person can go in to pray, but it can't just be one. We'll need someone there for security reasons and to watch where people go and clean up the area after them before they let the next one in. And the other option is to just let one person in every 48 hours or so. It's a sad fact, but we can't just open the door and leave it unsupervised. Years ago, I worked at a church behind the Bank of England. One day, a man walked in with a carrier bag containing a bust uh, that's uh, at the head type bust. He owned an antique shop about a mile up the road and he said a man had come in trying to sell it to him. He recognised the bust and gave him £10 for it. It had sat on a shelf at the back of the church and no one had noticed it was missing. The shop owner only wanted his tenner back but he told Tom the vicar that it was actually a rare bronze probably worth about a quarter of a million pounds. Well, I wish we had something valuable like that in our building, but I'm afraid to say we haven't. And anyway, church isn't about the building, it's about people. So until we can gather together, we've no plan to reopen. And if you don't think you can pray unless you're at church, feel free to come and stand on the drive and pray in the shadow of the building. In the meantime... Do what Jesus said in Matthew 6 and pray in your homes. Or if you can, join us on Zoom and pray as the gathered church pray. Well, today I want to start looking at Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. A few years ago, Jan and I went on a trip to Israel with a few others from church. And we visited the Mount of the Beatitudes. And then we sat about halfway down the hill under a tree and we imagine Jesus teaching in that place. It says Jesus sat down. It was the tradition of the day that preachers stand and teachers sit. So it was clear that Jesus' desire was to teach the people and they were very happy to learn. His teaching was called the Beatitudes and the Latin word Beatis means happy. Jesus wants us to be happy and is telling us how we can get there. Recently, Jan and I were talking to our friends Derek and Valerie and speaking to them about seeking God for our future. And Derek said to us, just remember this, Jesus wants you to be happy. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, that's the opposite to self-esteem. Society today craves to be noticed, to be applauded, 
Everyone wants their 15 minutes of fame. We're on a great big ego trip. But Jesus said to be happy, we need to realise our spiritual poverty. Anyone who sees the Lord sees the poverty of their spirit. In Isaiah chapter 1 to 5 are all about woes to the people, about their sin and about impending judgment. But as we come into Isaiah chapter 6, it says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And Isaiah's response was, Woe unto me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. In Luke 5, when Peter realised who Jesus was, he said to him, Go away from me, for I am a sinner. And again, John in Revelation chapter 1 saw the Lord and fell down in fear. You know, Jesus wants us to be happy and there's nothing wrong with feeling good about ourselves, but only when that feeling steams, uh, or even stems, from who we are in Christ. Self-esteem will not suffice. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And when we recognise our sinful nature, we mourn over it. God forgives us and lifts us up. In Luke chapter 7, the prostitute fell at Jesus' feet and washed them with her tears. The religious leaders were indignant, but Jesus was impressed. He forgave her and it changed her life. And that word comfort isn't about making us feel good and, and warm and, and cosy, but it's actually about making us feel useful. We need to mourn over our sin in order for God to deal with it and then for him to repurpose us. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness isn't weakness. The Greek word is praos, strength under control. It's like having a powerful stallion that once you've broken it in, it can be ridden and can become useful. You know, Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. How do we know that? Because he told us in Numbers 12, 3. I find that quite, a, quite funny in a way, isn't it? He tells us how meek he is. But actually, Jesus also speaks of his meekness. In Matthew eleven twenty eight and 9, he says, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For I am meek and lowly in heart. It's the only time when, that Jesus describes his personality directly. He's approachable. He's usable, touchable, reliable and relatable. If you want to be happy, then no more strutting, no more vainglory, but meekness, strength that is honed for the king. The world says, assert yourself, strut yourself, your stuff. But Jesus said, blessed are the meek. And finally for today, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You know, Jesus is teaching a pattern of prayer. 
recognise your poor in spirit, mourn over your sin, become meek. And once you're rid of your self-glory, there's a hungering for righteousness. You need to empty yourself of wrongness before you can hunger and thirst for rightness. We're temples of the Holy Spirit, but if our lives are clogged up with wrongful attitudes and actions, we don't leave room for the righteousness of God. If we want to be happy, then we need to grieve over our sin and allow God to mould us into who he wants us to be. And then we will become satisfied with our lives. God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. And we won't be happy until we find what that is and seek to fulfil it each day. If you're not happy, if you don't feel satisfied, then it's probably because you're not right with God. Is there something you need to put right with him? Are you grieving over who you are? The simple answer is take it to God and he will deal with it. Jesus paid the price on the cross and has given us free access to his righteousness and his forgiveness. Just turn away from your sin and turn to him. Then you will know happiness and fulfilment. Let's pray. Father God, I'm sorry for the things that separate me from your love and your perfect will for my life. Please forgive me and come into my life so that I will know real happiness and purpose for all the days ahead. Amen. <laughs>